Amen. 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 God is good. Before I get into the word today, uh, Karina, do we have that little text exchange? I just, I love this text exchange. Do we have that little image? Do we have that by chance? Yeah, yeah. I love this text exchange. Guys, where are you? Laying at home in bed? What are you wearing? The full armor of God. Come on, somebody. Come on. Hello. Have a blessed night, sir. Just in, case, just in case you need that, ladies, amen, for future reference, amen. Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6. I realize we're going back to school. Um, how many have students going back to school this coming week? How many have them going back at least this month, right? Okay, most of us got going back this month at some point in time, whether they're preschool or elementary, uh, middle school, high school, going back to college. And so what I want to do today is I feel like the Lord just wants us to prepare prepare okay and here's i really don't know better way to prepare than this paul says this finally my brothers my sisters my brethren be strong in the lord and in his mighty power put on the full armor of god so that you can make your stand against the devil's schemes someone said that boy be scheming come on that boy be scheming make your stand against the devil's schemes our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. You know what this, this pastor right here is just telling me? There's not a person in this room that is not under some kind of attack. That's what it's telling me, okay? Doesn't matter how blessed you are, doesn't matter how wealthy you are, doesn't matter uh, how much you've accomplished, it, it doesn't even matter how fruitful you've been for Jesus. We are all either being attacked or about to be attacked in some area of our life. So we, we have to wake up and realize, first and foremost, here's what Paul says, go, go back to verse 10. Here's what Paul says in verse 10, and you gotta get this in your heart today. He doesn't say, you have to always be strong. He says, you can be strong in the power of the the Lord his mighty power that's where I find my strength God is saying this to somebody today and I can hear it in my spirit he's saying before this year is over I'm gonna bless you before this year is over I'm gonna show you my power here's all you have to do get dressed for the battle just get dressed for the battle amen you can be seated you can be seated here today I'm thankful to know That when people tell me you need to be strong, you need to be strong. You, just, you need to be strong. I'm thankful to know that I don't have to rely on my own strength. Anybody else, anybody else just want to be honest? We, we all don't have Michael Velasquez build and body, right? We're not all, we're not all Dominic Chandler. We're not all just, just built and buff and, and, and amazing and, and 12 packs. We don't all have that, okay? I don't have to be strong in my, my own power. There's a greater power, God's mighty power that I can always tap into. And, and maybe, just maybe in 2022, you've learned that my power is fleeting and, and failing. But, but can you say amen to the truth that God's power has never failed to this day? So be strong in the Lord is what we're told, in his mighty power. Furthermore, verse 12, give him verse 12. I love what verse 12 tells us, okay? Furthermore, the, the battle... It's, it's clear. Pastor Bethel, if I'm clear about anything in Scripture, here's what I am clear about. My battle is not against you, and yours is not against me. In fact, really, this is the, the number one requirement, requirement listen to me, for effective spiritual warfare. 
That's what we call the spiritual warfare. If you want to be effective, you have to realize who your enemy is. And your enemy is, is not your spouse. Your enemy is not your children. I know you want to choke them out sometimes, but they're, that's not your enemy. Children, your, your enemy is not your parents. They really are just trying to help you get through life so they can get you out of their house. <laughs> I kid, I kid. Somebody want to keep your kids forever. God bless you. But, but they're not the enemy. They are, listen, uh, let me see. The, the enemy is, is not the, the pro-lifer. The enemy is not the abortionist. The, the, the enemy is not the gangbanger or the drug dealer. The enemy is not the police officer. The enemy is not the, the greedy business owner. The, the enemy is not the corrupt politician. I don't know about you, but I've had to learn something in life that my struggle, my warfare is not against flesh and blood. The scriptures make it clear. It's demonic forces where? In heavenly places. They're trying to sidetrack us as believers from fulfilling our calling. How? How does the enemy sidetrack us? By getting us to fight and quarrel with people on earth. Come on, I'm fighting with my family and I'm fighting with my neighbors and I'm, I'm fighting with my boss and I'm fighting with my coworkers and I'm fighting with fellow Christians. And you come and you tell me, I'm always in a fight, Pastor. Well, let's see what the common denominator is here. You're just a fighter. Okay, cool. You need to be a fighter. You're just fighting the wrong people. Listen to me, I, I'm just like many of you. There, Pastor, but there are times I want to introduce people to the five-fingered fellowship. Uh, I, I, really, I really want to. There's a reason why I was taking MMA for a while because I, I, just, I, just, I just want to fight. But what, I, what I've had to learn, and sometimes the hard way, is my enemy is not the person who ignored me at church. My enemy is not the person who voted differently than me. My enemy is most definitely not that person who cut me off and then gave me the middle finger after he cut me off. You're not my enemy. I'd love to introduce you but you're not the enemy. I've had to learn these things. Yes, people are morally culpable for their choices. Can I get an amen? You made the choice. You're guilty of that choice. But can I see with spiritual eyes the demonic power in heavenly places at work behind what is manifesting in the physical realm? If you really need to fight, if you really need to fight, if you really need to fight, then fight the problem, not the person. Can I get an amen from somebody who can see the spiritual significance of our warfare? Amen. So let's, let's talk just a little bit about, about what this actually means. Because if, if Satan is always scheming, and someone say, someone say he's always scheming. He's always planning. He's always devising. He's, he's, he's cunning. He's, he's trying to trick us. Every, always happening. So really, what is our best chance to stand against his schemes? It's to wise up and suit up. Wise up and suit up. Wise up and suit up. And uh, real quick, any, any NFL fans in the house? Any NFL fans? Okay, just can't, can't wait. Okay, how, how about any just honest Bears fans, even with the potential season ahead of you? Okay, amen, all right. A amen. I'm a Bears fan in August, Pastor. Let's see what happens come September. Amen. All right. it, when we watch football, and Dominic, correct me if I'm wrong about this, but no football player in his right mind is going to run out into the football field without his helmet and pads. Am I correct? I mean, unless he wants 
trouble and pain and problems. And yeah, okay. This, this isn't the 1920s, right? We're not, we're not, we're not out there just, just helmetless and, and padless. And not, not with the size of, of today's boys. Come on, right? You just, you don't, you don't do, you're not in your right mind. Can, can, I, can I say this to you? In the game of life, no Christian in his right mind is going to try to take on the enemy without wearing his protective armor. It's just foolish to think that I can beat Satan without the full armor of God. So what does that mean then? We've heard this text, probably many of us, if we've been in church, we've heard this text all the time. So, but what does it actually mean to wise up and suit up and put on the full armor of God? Let me give you five things today. I believe that if we can begin to understand what the armor of God is, we'll know how to put it on. Here's the first thing I want to tell you. Okay, The first thing I want to tell you is that the full armor of God is suitable for all ages. Okay? It's suitable for all ages. Anybody else honest like me that when you read this passage, the first thing that comes to your mind is some cheesy plastic kid's costume? Anyone else just be honest? Come on. Come on. Give them that, give them that first image there, Karina. You know, like just the kid, right? Right? I mean, that's what comes to mind. Some homemade cardboard thing that we had in Sunday school, right? You, you know, uh, you, show him Dylan. Dylan. Dylan's my guy. I love Dylan. Dylan, Dylan look at that guy. Look at the handsome man right there. Well, what, 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 what is it about when, when, when I get older, right? I'm older, I'm a little fatter. And I'm like, you know what? The armor doesn't fit anymore. Show him what it looked like if Dylan tried to fit in that armor. Come on. It's just like, come on. Does, <laughs> what? Come on. Anybody else like me? Or just like, that's the image I get when I think of the full armor of God, right? Come on. Dylan in plastic costume, right? That's, uh, <laughs> just doesn't work. Just doesn't work. But can I, can I tell you this? What, what if one of the ways that Satan has neutralized the power of Ephesians 6 is by convincing us it's just for kids? He's neutralized the power of the full armor. Can I, can I tell you honestly? The reality is Satan is never going to stop scheming just because you stopped suiting up. Romans 13, 12 says this, the night is nearly over. The day of salvation is almost here. So let us set aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of lights. It is suitable for all ages. Okay? Second thing I want to tell you is this, the full armor of God is essential for your survival. Yeah. Any, any survivalist in the place, you, 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 you've Tried to get on that show naked and, and, and afraid. Anyone? <laughs> I wouldn't recommend watching it, but you know, just the idea of, yeah, I, I could do that, absolutely. Maybe you can, but I need you to know that in this reality of Christianity, don't run around naked. You need the armor of God because it's essential for your survival. In fact, the reason that so many Christians and even former Christians are losing in this life is because they thought that this passage was optional, not essential. I thought maybe I could put on the armor. If I feel like putting on the armor, when I really need the armor. No, this is essential for our survival. You Listen to me. You need the full armor of God sometimes just to deal with traffic. You need the full armor of God just to deal with your bills and inflation. You need the full armor of God just when you turn on CNN and Fox News. You need the full armor of God for your rebellious, ungrateful teenager. You need the full armor of God just to make it today. Let me talk about pray. MC Hammer. I need it just to make it. Today, the full armor is essential for my survival. 
what, what does Paul not say here? Paul doesn't say if you face spiritual battles and, and if the enemy attacks you and if Satan decides to plot and scheme and, and try to trip you up and, and manipulate other people against you. That is not what Paul says. Paul says, no, when these things happen, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. How do I do that? By putting on the full armor of God. Why? Because it is essential for my survival. Third thing I want to tell you is this. The full armor of God is almost entirely for defense. Every piece of that armor, it's meant to protect us. It's for protection. Not just against Satan, against ourselves. Miss Sarah, can I tell you that my greatest enemy isn't Satan. My greatest enemy is Jamin Desmond Becker. Don't, don't act like Satan has caused you to mess up more than you've caused you to mess up. Come on. Don't act like you wake up every morning fighting the devil. No, you wake up every morning fighting you and your flesh and your will and your passions and your desires. Jamin Desmond Becker is Jamin Desmond Becker's greatest enemy. And so I need to understand that the full armor of God isn't just to protect me from Satan. It's to protect me from my humanity. Because in my humanity, I've got a plethora of liabilities. Come on, don't sit there and act like you're more holy than I am. Please don't. Please don't. Because I live holy probably six and a half days out of the week. Come on, somebody. Yeah, I've, got my, I've got my times. Hello, hello. I've got my moments. You know, just, just ask Pastor Olga when I'm behind the wheel. Oh, Lord, I've got to do everything I can just to keep my salvation. And remind myself, Lord, one day I won't have to be around all these idiot drivers. Thank you, Jesus. One day someone will show for me. Hallelujah. One day I'll just walk the streets of gold and I don't have to deal with any of this nonsense anymore. Amen? Okay. But until that day, I need the armor for my own protection. Think, think about it. God already knows that when we are in our flesh, we are extremely vulnerable. In my flesh... Why do you think the Bible says stuff like Proverbs 4.23? Above all else, guard your heart. For out of it flow the issues of life. Why, why do you think Jesus said one time in, in Mark 9.43, said, if your hand causes you to sin, should we take this literally, Lord Jesus? <laughs> Whew, right? Cut it off. Why? It's better to enter the eternal life with only one hand than to go through the unquenchable fires of hell with both hands. Do you see why you need the armor? You need it for protection from yourself. The full armor of God. So we see that the armor is mostly defensive. However, thank God, this isn't all about playing defense. Thank God this isn't, you know, those type of martial arts styles that just all about, you know, come on. You, you, you know you can't wait for September when season five of Cobra Kai comes out. Come on. You count down the days because it's all about the, the defense. But thank God in this thing called spiritual warfare, I don't have to just defend myself at all the time. I've been given at least one offensive weapon and it's found right there. It's called the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Can I help you right now? The main reason why you need to get into the scriptures is not just so you can know the Bible. It's so you get the Holy Spirit something to fight with because it belongs to him, the sword of the spirit. 
The word of God is what it says. The Bible doesn't tell me that I fight back against Satan with my own willpower. The Bible doesn't tell me that I fight back against Satan with wisdom. I would dare say the Bible doesn't say I fight against Satan with worship. My worship is what I give to God because he's greater than the things I'm fighting. Here's the Bible most definitely doesn't tell me that I fight back with my worry. No, the Bible says my offensive weapon to fight the enemy with is the word. What did a, a starving, 40-day-long fast, probably exhausted Jesus do to overcome Satan? He did it with the word. That's how he beat the devil. I heard Jessica say it earlier. How do we overcome him? Revelations 12, 11 says we overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. This is my testimony right here. This eternal word. This is my offensive weapon. And what is the oldest trick in the book? Genesis 3.1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, he said to Eve, did God really say you must not eat from every tree in the garden? What is the oldest trick in the book? Did God really say? Satan is always going to try to get us to question the word. Did God really say? Am I really a chosen generation? Am I really eternally loved? Can all of my sins be forgiven, no matter how evil and awful? Did God really say? You thought it was just a term, the oldest trick in the book. I'm showing you what the oldest trick is in the book is, did God really say, can I get you to question the word of God? And look what Eve says in response in verse three. She says, God said, you must not eat of it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Wait, what? Wait, time out. That's not what God said. You, you must not eat of it or even touch it. No, hold up a second. You just added to what God said. Can I show you what God actually said? Here's what God actually said. First of all, he said this. He commanded man in Genesis 2, 16. He said, you are free. I came to declare this over somebody here today. You're not bound. You're not limited. You are free. Stop focusing on the things God says I can't have and realize everything he's blessed me with. You are free. And here's what he actually said. He actually said, you can eat from any tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Where did God say anything about not touching it? And here's where religion comes in. When we start to add to what God said. Oh, it makes it so easy to question what God actually said when I start adding my own opinions and thoughts to what God said. And, and why did Eve come to this conclusion? Because here's really my, my point. If you really want to win this fight against Satan's schemes, if you really want to overcome the enemy, not only can you not add to the book, you need to know the book for yourself. More than likely, Eve got second-hand information from Adam because God was saying this in Genesis 2 to Adam. Adam passed that along to Eve. No wonder we get tripped up and we fall on our face and Satan wins because we're waiting seven days till a pastor comes and gives me another word from God and I don't know it for myself. But if I want to win against the schemes of Satan, I need to know the word for myself. Ooh. Satan's going to attack your mind and he will make you question 
your salvation. He will make you question your identity. Listen to me in 2022. He will make you question your sexuality. He will attack your mind and make you question your sonship as a child of God. He will attack your mind and make you question, if you will, even the very scriptures themselves. So here's my encouragement to you today. Don't just settle for the protection of the armor. Come on, somebody. Use the weapon that God has given you to win this fight against the schemes of Satan. Amen? Amen. Fourth point here. Fourth point here. I'm going to need a little help at this point, okay? The full armor of God is incomplete. So before you go sending me a nasty email and trolling me on Twitter, think about it. Think about it. Here's what we've got. We've got a belt of truth. I love how the, how the truth covers my reproductive areas. Let's just put it like that. That's going to help somebody in this day and age when you are questioning who you are and who should I love. Truth is supposed to cover my... Should I just leave it at that? Should I go a little further? I just want to make sure I'm staying within the scriptures here. I get it. When a a world pushes on us, everything that has to be acceptable. But truth protects the things the enemy is trying to destroy. Yes, truth protects it. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, protecting this heart that is deceitful and desperately wicked, that protection over my heart, the the, the helmet of salvation, protecting my mind, constantly reminding me against the lies of Satan. I'm saved, not of my own good work, not of anything I've done. I'm saved by grace through faith. It's not of myself. It's a gift of God. Then I had the, 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 my shoes, right? my, my, my feet. I'm not running around barefoot like, like slaves do. I'm a son. Therefore, he puts shoes on my feet. And, and here's where it is. It's this gospel. Everywhere I go, I get to bring this gospel of peace. And I'm protected by that gospel everywhere I go. And then I've got that shield of faith, right? I got, I got that, that shield of faith with which I quench all the fiery darts the fiery lies, the fiery schemes of the enemy. That's what I've got. Okay. But you know what I noticed, Pastor Beto? All these things I have for protection, it's incomplete. Why? What's covering my back? I got nothing for the back. Nothing to cover my back. I'm a Pentecostal boy. So in Pentecostal church, you hear these kind of scriptures and the real... Paul described the full armor without any kind of protection for your backside. It's because we are never supposed to retreat. We are never supposed to run. We are never supposed to turn our backs and quit. Can I get an amen from God's people? Amen. Cool. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And I agree with that. I I agree. Sure, the kingdom of heaven is always forcefully advancing. But what about sexual temptation? Am I supposed to stand and fight it? No, 1 Corinthians 6, 18 tells me. Where's Reverend Jerry at when I need him? I need to run. Run. I'm kidding. He's, He's with the kids today. But. I need to run. Flee from sexual immorality. Flee. You got to run from these things. Some things I'm not supposed to fight. Some things I'm supposed to flee. Run. 
What about my back then? Okay. Here's the point that Paul's trying to make to us. This is not about running or retreating because sometimes I need to. This is him trying to show us in Ephesians 6, it's not a one-on-one battle. It's not an individual fight. Why does he start off by saying, finally, my brothers, my sisters, I'm speaking to everybody, not just to an individual. You as a, as a whole. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need two, two, uh, two helpers. Can I get, can I get to Zion and, and Dariah? Come here, guys. Come here real quick. Come here. Come on, Michael. Here's what I'm going to have you guys do. Okay, come here. Come here. Come up here. Come up here. Here's what I need you to do. I'm going to need you to help me illustrate what, it, what, it, what the shield of faith looks like, okay? Here we go. I, I couldn't have any shields, so I just found these big lids. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Stand right here, guys. Stand right here. You stand right here. Stand right there. All right. Stand right here. All right. Go ahead and, go ahead and hide behind your shield of faith. Just hide behind. Duck, duck down. Duck down. Hey, pretty well covered, right? Okay. Yeah. Coverage. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Looking good. I'm covered. Uh, at least my front side is. I'm protected. Here's what, I, here's what I'm learning about what Paul is trying to tell us. This is not an individual fight. And if you know anything about history, Roman soldiers never fought alone. They always fought in numbers because there's strength in numbers. Guys, stand up for a moment. Stand up. Hold that shield. Hold that shield. Hold it up. Okay? You're covered up front. But let's say the enemy comes up from behind. Ah. Come on, this is what church people do if you're not careful, right? I got your back. Ah, I'm stabbing it. Okay. So, so, so perhaps what, what Paul is trying to tell me is this, is that maybe the reason there's no armor for my back is because you... I'm supposed to have my back, and I'm supposed to have yours. Okay, I can't stop everything coming at me, but I sure as I can stop everything coming at you. I can protect you. Maybe Paul's trying to get us to see that this is genuine Christianity, ladies and gentlemen. I can't watch my back, so let me watch yours. I can't always have my own back, so let me have yours. And if you've got my back, and I've got your back, the enemy can't come from behind with a sneak attack. Thanks, guys. Get out of here. You're good. You're good. I'll, leave, I'll keep this. Thank you. Hang on to that. You might need that. Here's, what I, here's basically what I'm trying to get at. Thank you, sir. The Bible is trying to show us. It's a biblical picture. When we stand back to back, this is a biblical picture of what it means to fight together. Finally, my brethren, together be strong in the Lord. If I know anything about Satan, he's always trying to get me in a place of isolation. It's always trying to get me alone, making me feel like no one cares, no one understands. 2020 was proof that Satan knows how to win the war against fellowship by keeping us quarantined and in isolation. Two years later, some people still haven't come out of that. That's why they have not come back to church or stayed in church. That's fine. That's between you and God. But there's a reason why you are struggling and losing in this fight. Because just like Uriah and Zion were standing back to back, what the scriptures tell us in Ecclesiastes 4.12, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why we lose. Because we're fighting an enemy who has thousands thousands of years of experience and we think we can do it all alone show me that video quick Karina. this is actually what formation begins to look like you've seen this before right? you, you, you've seen this before this is where the, the, the Romans come together the, and, and as they're trying to push back the enemy as they're trying to gain new territory the Roman commander will shout out testudo it literally means tortoise 
Okay. Come together like a tortoise. Notice, you can't get me from any side because every side is protected because I've got somebody standing there who's got me protected. Somebody who's got me. All I want you to know is this is what a picture of what genuine Christian community is supposed to look like. Let me link my faith with your faith. My shield with your shield. And let's push back the kingdom of darkness. Let's push back every fiery arrow of the enemy. If we get linked in faith, we can take territory for the kingdom of God. If we get linked, we won't expose each other. We will cover each other. If we get linked in faith, we won't neglect each other. We will protect each other. This is the Christian way of doing warfare. I can't do it alone. I need you. Will you have my back? Because I've got yours. We don't expose. Can, can I say this to the church in 2022? When you find out something about a brother and sister and they've messed up and they've screwed up, it is not your job to expose. It is your job to cover. I didn't say cover up. I said cover over. Let me say it like Peter said in 1 Peter 4.18. He said, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over, not up, over a multitude of sins. The next time you hear about someone screwing up, you who are spiritual, what does the scripture say? Should restore them. You prove your spirituality by how you act when somebody screws up. Bottom line, you can act all spiritual, but you prove it. But when you see a brother or sister fall into sin, am I here to expose them or to cover them and restore them? What if they got wounded and it wasn't their fault? Is it my job to expose them or my job to cover them? I'm praying that you'll see as we go into a brand new school year and all the problems and issues that that brings. And some of us are venting on social media. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to cover you. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not here to, to belittle you. I'm here to pray for you. I understand how the enemy operates. Last point is this. So in this fight, we need not only the full armor of God. We need the people of God. We need the armor of God and the people of God. And Pastor Bethel, for just being honest, this is part of the reason why some of us are losing. Because maybe we have one, but we don't have both. I'm glad you get up and you put on the armor of God, but who's got your backside covered? Who's praying for you? Thanks for praying for me. Who's praying for you? Who's ministering to you? Who's correcting you? Who's, who's reminding you of your calling? Oh, 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 that's why you don't answer the phone when I call. Or you don't respond to my text messages. I got it. You don't want, you don't want correction. You don't want instruction. You don't want to be built up. I got the full armor on. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm protected. Okay. Good. What about me? I'm glad you're covered. What about me? My backside's exposed. Because I'm always trying to advance the kingdom. You got me covered? My final question is, is who are you fighting next to? Who are you fighting next to? I believe God has given us the full armor and, and fellow believers. 
And, and why did he give us these things? Why do we have the armor and believers for the fight? You know why? Because God expects us to win. Let me say it again. God expects you to win. This is why he doesn't leave you defenseless. This is why he doesn't leave you alone. He gives you the armor and he gives you his people. Why? Because he expects me to win. Look how Paul finishes after he gets done talking about all the armor. Here's how he finishes. He says it this way. He says, pray in the spirit at all times. This is verse 18. With every kind of prayer and every kind of petition. To this end, stay alert with all perseverance in your prayers. Check this out. For all the saints. All the saints. Does anybody still keep prayer lists? Anybody still write down prayer lists, prayer requests? Anybody still do that? Anybody probably think that maybe I should start? <laughs> Would you make sure to include in your prayer list all the saints? Some of you have been coming to church together for months, maybe years, and you just don't really know each other's names, last names, eye colors. Okay, cool. But can you include in your prayers, prayers for all the saints? Not just in this church. Globally. Pray for the saints. This is what we are commanded to do. I'll leave you with this quote. A quote I found from Ian Bounds. He said this one time. He said, the superficial results of many a ministry and the deadness of others are to be found in the lack of praying. No ministry can succeed without much praying. And this praying must be fundamental. This praying must be ever abiding. This praying must be ever increasing. Why are the kids coming in? Because we're getting ready to pray. We are going to pray over their lives. We're going to speak the word of God over their presence, over the school year, over their future. We are going to pray. And I believe that as the body of Christ, our children are going to win because we're prayer warriors. Come on, we are warriors on our knees in prayer, interceding, intervening, coming against the kingdom of darkness and seeing the hand of God protect and bless our children. Amen? Before I pray, let me leave you with this application real quick. Some people always say, Pastor, your, your messages sometimes are only inspirational or maybe not even inspired, maybe just annoyed, fine, whatever. Yeah. But I do feel like today I need to leave you with application. Let me just give you three quick things for application. Number one, start posting Bible verses in the places you frequent. Come on, what do you frequent? Your refrigerator, right? Your desk, your locker, the bathroom. Just start posting, like, like, like actually write it down. Go ahead and post it. No, 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 I didn't mean like, you can do that too if you want to, but post it so you can see it. Post the word of God. If you're ever gonna know it for yourself and not be deceived like Eve, post it, write it down, think about it. Post it frequently. Also, pray often and out loud. It's okay. Literally, it's okay to open up your mouth and say something. Okay? When you say Jesus Christ, don't let it be because you stubbed your toe. Say it literally because you're calling on his name. Pray out loud, especially when you find people, and I, just, I try to put it nicely, challenging. Okay? It, it really is kind of hard to talk bad about people that you're praying for. Huh? Pray. And then lastly, just this. Get a fellow Christian's number. I do this to people all the time, and they hate this thing. Why is he forcing me to be part of the body of Christ? Why is he forcing me to link shields with someone else? Why is he doing that? You know why? 
Because I see you defeated. I, I see you discouraged. I see you ready to quit. And I understand why. You're out there fighting alone. But if you can get a brother or sister to pray for you and encourage, get somebody's number. It's not that hard to shoot a text. Pray for me. Bam. Done. Sent. Do these kind of things and you will see there's victory in fighting together. Amen. It's very simple. What I'm getting ready to do is I'm getting ready to pray over our children. And as they go back to school, I'm going to actually, I'm gonna, before I bring them down, I'm going to let the parents know this. <clears throat> I'm going to declare Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 over them. I'm going to pray it over them. Because I believe that God is going to bring them to that place where they're going to learn to trust God for themselves. What I'm going to ask for the parents to do is once I bring the, all the kids down, I don't, it doesn't matter whether they're, you know, preschool all the way up to college. If, if you are in your 20s but you're going back to school, I want to pray over you as well today. I want to speak the blessings of God over you today. I'm going to ask the parents to actually, if you're willing to, once we get everyone lined up down in front, come and join me. I want you to come and lay hands on your children. But here's what I'm going to ask you to do as a parent. I'm going to ask you to pray scriptures over your kids. Sometimes you don't always know what to say in prayer, so grab the Bible and start praying the Word of God over them. Just, if this thing really is an offensive weapon, then speak it over your children. Speak it against the attack and the design and the scheme of Satan. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's go ahead and bring all of our kids down front first of all. Let me bring all the kids, all the preschool, elementary age kids down front first. That'll have the, the middle school and high school fill in in, in college age students as well. You don't have to get up down here, college students. If you, you don't want me to pray over you, I'm still going to, you can sit where you are, I'm still going to pray over you, but I want to make sure that we pray over every one of y'all. And if you see your child down here, once we, once we get them down front, I'm going to ask you to come down here and join us, parents, because I want you to help me pray over them today. To everyone else in the room, would you just stand your feet with me right now? See them babies? Even your grown babies? I'll teach y'all how to do this. It's real simple. It's not difficult. It's real simple. Lay your hands on your children. Mess up their hair if you have to. It's okay. Every parent in this room, guardian, grandparent, whatever you are, whatever function you that you ultimately fulfill in your children's life. Lay your hands on, their, on them right now. Speak this with me right now. Speak this. Say Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do. And God will show you which path to take. Amen. That's how you pray scripture over your children. You just lay your hands on them and you speak the word of God. It's that simple, okay? Now let me pray over them, especially over those going to school for the first time and those heading back to college. Let me pray over them right now. Agree with me right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of our offspring, of our children. We ask today, Lord, that your hand of protection be upon them at all times. We pray, Lord, that you keep angels around about them in all seasons. We pray, God, that whatever the enemy tries to, to plan and scheme to trip them up, that they remain wise, that they see with spiritual eyes the plan of the enemy. God, that they would learn to rise above the attacks of Satan. 
We pray that our children would literally be so filled with your spirits, God, that at all times, all times, they would be convicted in their decisions. God, we pray that literally the choices they make would honor you, would glorify you. God, we pray that our children's hearts would be sensitive to you and open to your spirits. God, we declare that our children are going to be not only safe and healthy this year, we declare that COVID can't touch them. We declare that monkeypox can't touch them. We declare any new disease can't touch them. We declare they're going to be, literally this year, they're going to walk in divine and perfect health. Thank you, God. You are keeping their immune system strong. You're keeping them protected from all harm. And let's say this as parents. Our children will remain safe from every plan of the enemy. Satan will try and he will fail. And our children are going to grow and they're going to know the Lord and they're going to walk with the Lord. They're going to be close to God. To everyone in high school and college, I, just, I speak over you that this coming year, you would walk with such conviction. Literally, that you would allow yourself to be obedient to the Word of God and not obedient to your earthly, temporal, fleshly desires. Be obedient to His truth and not to your, your own drives and passion. I pray that this year you would be surrendered to God and that your light would shine so bright that the men and women around you who maybe knew you before will see your good works and begin to glorify your Father in heaven. I pray for wisdom for you, blessings for you, understanding for you, but I pray you'll stay close to God so that you can know God and show God everywhere you go in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Help me right now. Let's pray for every teacher, every administrator, every professor, everyone who, who educates. Let's pray for them right now. Heavenly Father, we lift up our teachers before you, our educators before you. God, we thank you for calling them into this field of sacrifice and service. God, I know it can be a burden many times, but they, I know they do it from a place of love, a desire to teach. So God, we ask for wisdom this year. We ask for divine understanding this year. We pray that God, this year, as teachers, whether they're in a Christian school or not, that they would continue to live out the gospel and that they would, students and fellow faculty alike would, would see Jesus within them. And that, God, ultimately hearts would be turned to Christ because of their example. God, we ask that ultimately here in Illinois with all the different mandates and, and, and changes in curriculum, God, that truth would still be known in spite of the godless ideology that's being taught. Lord, please protect not just the minds of our children, protect our teachers who still try to stand for truth. God, help them. Help them to do what is right, even at the cost of their job. Help them, God, to stand on your truth and on your word. And I pray, Lord, that if you don't come quickly, then change this nonsense. Change this indoctrination. And still show forth your power, your grace, and your truth in this generation. In Jesus' name we pray. Let all God's people say amen today. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.